0: Welcome, everybody, to Monday Night Live. My name's Derek Arden, and tonight we're going to be talking about networking. Networking is one of those subjects that uh, actually people say they're good at networking, but the evidence is they're not very good. I understood that uh, 98% of people hate going into a room on their own. So, to learn about all this, we've got the networking guru and expert with us, Will Kintish. Welcome, Will. Thank you so much for joining us. And I understand that your new talk is. I've got it written down here somewhere are you a nosy parker
1: absolutely uh, this nonsense about networking everybody we all do it we've all done it the whole world does it from the age of two networking is just talking to people i the reason i've made a reasonable living out of it in the last 20 years is because people do not understand what it's all about. They think it's selling. They think it's marketing themselves. They think it's sleazy. And all it is, is building relationships. Simple as that. Every day of our lives, unless we stay at home on our own, we are either building new relationships or reinforcing existing ones. And you're supposed to be asking me the first question, Derek, why have you given it the title, Are You a Nosy Parker? Why don't you do that next?
0: Will. Why have you given it the title, You're a Nosy Parker? Okay.
1: That's a great question, Derek. First of all, everybody, I don't know whether any of you write posts or articles or anything, but Derek will know the most important part of an article is the title. So rather than saying, become a better questioner, which is what my talk is gonna be about this evening, Why have you given it that are you a nosy Parker rather attracts more interest. And let me tell you about nosy Parker. It's associated with Matthew Parker, who's the Archbishop of Canterbury in the 16th century. And uh, he was very, very inquisitive. He needed to know all about his clergy, what they were up to. And he became very, very unpopular. And what happened was also, he, it is rumored, he had a very prominent nose. And that's how it all came about. They started to nickname him, Are You a Nosy Parker? And it's all about questioning. The skills and traits we need, there are quite a few, but just let me focus on two of them. The trait we need is kindness. To be kind, for me, is the most important part of being a good networker. And I've done some research on this. And Very quickly, I'll give you just five ways to radiate. I love that word. To radiate kindness at events. And the first one is the power of a genuine smile. Going up to somebody and smiling at them. Or, or if you see a group of people trying to catch somebody's eye and smiling at them people will always acknowledge and recognize that little bit of kindness. Of course, the next one is active listening. I used to have um, a partner called Elliot. And when you talk to Elliot, Elliot listened to you like this, everyone. He never moved. And you had to go, are you there, Elliot? And of course, he was there and he was listening. But we have to nod and we have to acknowledge what's being said. The third act of kindness is to be a connector and a facilitator. When I go to events, I'm introducing one to another. Derek, let me introduce you to Carl. Carl, I've only just met Derek this evening. And Derek does, an absolute expert in A, B and C. And Derek, Carl does C, D and E. And of course, what we're doing, we're being kind to both people, and who knows, maybe they might do some business one day. Another one is to is to show gratitude and appreciation. Always to be saying thank you. If anyone does, for me, this is how I do it. Everybody, for anybody who shows anybody who does anything for me, I'm always saying thank you. And there's a beautiful quote here, which some of you may or may not have heard of. A lady called Elizabeth Bibesco, a British poet round about the 19th century. It's been credited to many people, but I believe this was the woman who came out with the quote first. Give without remembering and receive without forgetting. And I think that's a beautiful quote. And that sort of encapsulates what networking is all about, all about the relationship with people. And finally, offering help and support to people. Who would you like me to introduce you to? I know somebody who can help you with that. There's a lot of people at the moment who are struggling. And what I'm trying to do is to encourage them to ask for help. So many people do not ask for help. Now, if I said to Derek, who I hope knows me, likes me, and trusts me. And if I say to you, Derek, Derek, I noticed that you know uh, a fellow called Nigel Kirby. I'd love an introduction to him. Do you think you could introduce me to him? If you could introduce me to him, Derek, how would you actually feel?
0: I'd feel fine now. Absolutely.
1: So Um. what I'm doing, I'm doing you, I'm making you feel good. So for those of you in your lives who've got children, grandchildren, friends, family who you know are struggling, teach them to ask for help because the other person is going to feel good about it. And there's a most amazing book. It's called Just Ask by another fellow professional speaker called uh, called Derrick Arden called Andy Leparta. Andy LaPata, as a fellow professional speaker, got himself into a mess a few years ago and stood up at the annual conference of the professional speakers and virtually cried on stage to say he was in a mess. And everybody got round him and we encouraged him to ask for help. And from that came a book. And it's really a fabulous, fabulous book. And the subtitle of the book is When You Ask for Help, You Are Showing Strength
0: and Not a Weakness. Mm. Great. Well, just a couple of things before we go on to the next question. Takes 14 muscles to smile and 72 muscles to frown. So why don't people smile so much? You and I had a debate last night, didn't we, about how many people actually say thank you when you do them a favour? That does make me cross, I must admit, when you don't get a thank you. And I had William James down for, say, the American philosopher, for saying give without remembering and... Receive without forgetting. But like most quotes, they're usually somewhere further down the line and probably came from a, one of the good books. Well, what are the general guidelines about Nikos, about networking?
1: Well, I've talked to you about the trait of kindness, Derek, but let me talk to you about the number one core skill. The number one core skill is asking intelligent and insightful questions. Now My audience, I don't know whether you have the experience I have, but it's very, very rare that people will start asking me questions. I seem to be the one that's always asking questions. And sometimes I can get to the fifth question and they've not asked me anything. And I'm sorry to say, I put them in the rude category because what are they saying to me? I'm not interested in you, Wilkintish. I don't want to know anything about you. I don't want to learn anything about you. And when I'm at a business event, if I've asked them four or five questions, I'm sorry to tell you, they go in my rude category and I dump them. I say to them, well, it's nice to have met you. And off I go. Because networking is building relationships and it has to be um, a two way street. So asking questions is the key. My grandchildren, God bless them. I've had to teach them how to be interested in me by asking me questions. I asked them how their day's gone, how did their football match go? And now at least they say, hi, Grandpa, how are you? How's your day been? At least we're getting somewhere with, with them. So let me give you some guidelines about questions. And I heard this quote on Desert Island Discs a few years ago, it was Kirsty Young. She was talking to somebody And she, I I, I wish this was my quote. She said, when we went to school, we were judged on the quality of our answers. In the world of relationship building, we're judged on the quality of our questions. And I love that. And here's a little guideline for us all. When you ask somebody a question, needless to say, we have to listen for the answer. But more importantly, in my opinion, we have to look at them. We ha- Derek was talking about body language with somebody a few minutes ago, Martin or somebody. We want to see whether they're telling the truth. We want to see what reaction we're getting from that question. Now, let me take you back about three months. And there was a very famous incident at Buckingham Palace, where I think it was the Buckingham Palace Garden Party, where the lady the, who was uh, a lady-in-waiting to uh, the late Queen Elizabeth, Lady Sarah Hutton. She went up to this lady, who, I don't know whether it's relevant to the, com- well, it is relevant to the conversation, the lady was black, black lady. Her name was Ngozi Fulani, and she went up to me and she said, oh, hello, where are you from? And the woman said Croydon or Guildford or somewhere like that. And this lady hussy, whether she was not sensitive or not looking, she said to um, uh, Ngozi, no, where are you really from? She said, well, I, I, a little town just outside Cordon." She then asked for the third time. No, 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 where are you really from? Suggesting that she was from some tribe in Africa. Now, this woman was rather offended and it hit the newspaper for three days And this woman, Lady Sarah Hussey, was 85 years old. I'm sure she had no malice or forethought whatsoever in the the way. But I'm wondering, had she looked and looked at the reaction of that lady, perhaps she wouldn't have pushed too hard. So listening for the answer is absolutely critical. Listening and watching. Watching is the key. You all know about very quickly asking the who, what, why, where, which, when and how questions. But be very careful about the word why. Why is a horribly challenging word. Why have you done that? Why do you think that? Try and avoid the word why when you're having conversations with people. There's many different ways of finding out without using the word why. Now. The other thing I talk about, needless to say, is avoid interrupting. Avoid answering in advance. If like me, unfortunately, you're a member of the Impatient Society, you know what they're going to say and therefore you start answering for them. Don't do it. But worse than that, avoid hijacking. Hijacking. What do I mean by hijacking the conversation? So let's try this one. Let's try this one with you, Carl Walsh. So, Carl, what was the last vacation you went on?
0: You're on mute. Right. The last vacation I went on actually was to London in 2018.
1: Do you know something? I live in London now, Carl. I lived in Manchester for 74 years, but I moved to London about 12 months ago. I absolutely love it down here. Thank you, Carl. What have I done, everybody? And so you start to listen out for this. And you'll find that so many people have done it. Needless to say, what I would have done before I told you I'd moved to London is, oh, well, what did you think of London? Have you been before? Who did you come with? Did you go to the Houses of Parliament, etc.? So hijacking is bad news, everybody. And if you believe yourself as a hijacker, and Mrs. Kintish is a professional hijacker, sometimes I have to tell her, shush, let them finish. I think she's finally got the message, being a hijacker is
0: bad news. I guess she's um, in the other room and you've got the door shut, Will. Well, as it
1: happened, I've just realised she's gone out, so I could have shouted. okay, uh, well... Had she been been in the other room, uh, I'd have
0: to whisper. Yeah. Now tell us the uh, four or five questions that are really acceptable for someone that's new going into a room and asking people, you know, such as okay. where, where are you from? You know, the soft there are, four,
1: there are four areas of questioning everybody. Let me give you them very quickly and then let me uh, mention them in a little more detail. There's always the icebreaker question. That very first question, that complete stranger. Then there are the business questions. Then there is the small talk questions. And then there is the follow-up questions. The icebreaker question. So if I see somebody at an event, which I did the other night, I was doing a presentation in London to a load of insolvency professionals. This lady was standing on her own. She obviously didn't know anybody. And I went up to her and I said, please, may I join you? That wasn't the icebreaker question. I call that the hors d'oeuvre question. May I introduce myself? Please, may I join you? Or I simply say, hello there, my name's Will. And she introduced herself. I think her name was Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And then we go to the icebreaker question. And I respectfully suggest that you never ask what do you do, whether it's a business event or a social event. You are looking to ask a question where, you know, categorically, you've got something in common. So here are the questions. Where do you travel from tonight, Sarah? I said. Or I said, what made you come to this event this evening? That was the one I used that night. Or are you a member? Of this this was an organization, the, the International Group of Women uh, Insolvency People. So I could have asked her, are you a member of this organization? But the one I asked is, um, are you? Um, what made you come tonight? And she said, well, I've come to network. I was desperate to say to her, well, what the heck are you doing standing here on your own? But I didn't so find something in common or if you go to a magnificent venue isn't this a magnificent room and off it goes so that's icebreaker questions small talk questions create yourself a process ask them about their now ask them about how they got there and ask them about their plans for the future so after i've done the icebreaker i'll say So what is it you do exactly, Derek? And he'll tell me, if somebody says they work at such a company, the second question you need to know is what their role is, what their roles and duties are. So you can direct your questioning to what they do. And then you ask questions about where they're based. I always want to know how big is that company? So the question for that one is, how many people do you work with? Which generally gives me a a, a general feel as to whether it's a tiny one-person company or whether it's a great big company. And the other thing I want to know is how's business? Can I respectfully ask? You never ask how's business, or you never ask from a, a small uh, uh, from a consultant, are you busy? Those are terrible questions. Because if people aren't busy, they don't, they don't, A, they don't want to lie. And B, they don't want to admit that that they are not very busy. So here's the question I ask. How's the year going for you? Or when it gets to February, how's the year started for you? When it gets to October, how's the year gone for you? And hopefully you'll get a much better answer. So those are questions about what's your marketplace? How do you get your business? Those are general present questions. The question we all love to be asked, this is the past now, what made you get into that? What made you become an accountant? How did you get into manufacturing zips? My wife worked for a company that manufactured zips for many years. People love that because at the end of the day, Let me give you my Dale Carnegie quote. I've resisted it so far. 25 minutes I've resisted Dale Carnegie. But here he comes. The most interesting people we ever meet are those who are most interested in us. And at the end of the day, my message to these young professional people is, if you want to leave an event, people thinking, what an interesting person you were, it's the fact that you're genuinely interested in them and you showed interest in them. So back to the business questions, we've asked. Give me a few ideas about the now, a few questions about their past. What question do I ask people about their future? Simple as this. So where do you see your career or where do you see your business going in the next couple of years? Always put a timescale on it rather than have you got any plans for the future? what a stupid question that is what plans where do you see your business going in the next couple of years now these are all primary questions you also have to be good at the second question the second question oh that's fascinating could you elaborate more on that oh that's a great point give me some examples about that i'm intrigued about what you've just said there Tell me more about whatever it is. And what you're doing, you are building that relationship. You are digging deep into their interests because at the end of the day, they're more interested in talking to you than listening to you. And that's OK. That's OK.
0: Well, that's all That's all very well. But we're asking all the questions here and we could be talking to the biggest boar in the world who's got no friends and he just wants to he, he needs someone to talk to. He probably needs from the part of the world that uh, Carl come from, comes from a psychotherapist rather than a, than a networker. How do we get rid of them? Simple. If I see you across
1: the, ro- across the room, Derek, I'm going to park Carl, because Carl was the most boring guy in the room. I'm going to park Carl on you, Carl. I've seen my friend Derek over there. Let me introduce you and I'll take you over and I'll get my revenge on you for all the things you've done to me over the years. Now, what happens if there isn't a Derek in the room? Are you ready for this, everyone? Learn this one sentence. Come on, Carl, let us go and meet some others. Let us go and mingle. And I'll go and look for a group of people and go up to them and say, hello there, everyone. Please, may we join you. So we're now in a group of four or five people. I'll hang around for a few minutes, and then call, you're on your own, then, mate, cause I parked you in that group, and I'm off. And I've been polite. because at the end of the day, remember this, everybody. Do you know? Does anybody in this room know a fella called Reed Hoffman? Anybody heard of Reed Hoffman? Yeah, Tony, Derek. Reed Hoffman was the uh one of the founders of linkedin and he came out with this quote about six months ago bearing in mind he has got the greatest social network in the world he said the following networking is a people thing not a business thing Mm. and i thought absolutely which brings me to say this when it comes to behaving Mayor Angelou said this, I know a lot of you have heard of it, and if you haven't, please listen again. He's, she said the following 10 years ago, just before she died. As I look back over my life, she said, I've often forgotten what people said to me, forgotten what people did to me, but I never forgot how people made me feel. And that's what the whole essence of relationship building is all about. So if I wanted to get rid of Carl, I wouldn't just say, well, Carl, it's nice to have met you and leave you standing I would either take you over to Derek or I'd int- introduce you to, uh,
0: or we'd go and join a group that I don't know. Poor old Carl, he's really one of the nicest blokes you could ever meet. You're and with... that's
1: why I chose him, because I he's... know nobody would believe that I've used that. Well, and Can I just finish one, one last bit, one last bit about follow-up questions. If you are at an event and you spot a potential opportunity, for goodness sake, grab it. Don't let it go. These days, business cards are becoming a bit passe. Uh, last week, for the first time ever, I said, Shall we keep in touch? We both got our phones out and we linked in, connected with each other there and then. And when I got home, I wrote to her and said, It was great to meet you, Mary, this evening. Um, and then I sent her a lovely message. Well, I hope it was a lovely message. But make sure you follow up. And this is the question, you know, I've really enjoyed our conversation. You look them in the eye. Remember the listen and look. You look them in the eye and said, you know, I don't know about this, but how do you feel about me giving you a call? I know it's old fashioned, everybody, but how do you feel about giving me, giving you a call in the next two or three days and let's continue our conversation then. And if you think it's worth it, we'll meet up and Continue the relationship, but that is the key follow-up question. If you can smell a potential opportunity for both of you, seize the moment and don't let it go. Well, Eric, well, I'm going to hand back to you. It's now five thirty.
0: Well, we got. I've got a couple of questions for before we um, wrap up the recording. There's some no-go questions that I have asked from time to time. Will and I have seen their whole body language and their state change at that point. And I thought, I've just opened a can of worms that I should never have opened then. What are your no-go questions?
1: Can anyone see that? Does anyone know what it is? It's a Pritz stick. A Pritz stick that st- sticks things together. The the category that I missed out, thank you, Derek, so much for reminding me. I've talked to you about icebreakers. I've talked to you about business questions. i talked to you about follow-up. But I've forgotten the small talk. It's the small talk that creates your business relationship. Ask them about all sorts, but be very, very sensitive about people's family. Family is a fabulous topic. But when you ask the wrong person the wrong question on the wrong day, you can destroy a relationship just like that. So can I respectfully demand that you never ask of a stranger two questions? Are you married and have you got children? Because if they're not married, they've just got divorced, they can't have children, they've just lost a child. Derek perhaps doesn't know this. A past president of the PSA, Derek, lost not one but two children, one from an accident and one from an illness. So can you imagine somebody saying to him, Have you got any children? And he told me that for 12 months after he lost his second child, he never went out, fearing that he might get asked that question. So how do I avoid it? I can how do I find out all about you? It's simple. If I'm at a conference, I'll say to somebody, so when you don't come to conferences or when you're not working, what do you do in your spare time? Or if it's a Thursday or Friday or a Monday, I'll say, What did you do at the weekend? Or what are you doing this weekend? And if they've got family or a significant other, they will tell you. What I do, I tell people that I'm married. I mention that I've got children. I mention I've got grandchildren. And that normally creates the fact that they will tell you about you. So to bring it to a close, don't dismiss family, but just be very sensitive in the way in which
0: you ask the questions. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. You've joined us a number of times. Will you stay on and answer uh, any questions uh, off the record? Um, Indeed, thank you. We do have one question in the box, what we could take from Paul Coleman, who's uh, in the West Indies. Do you have any tips if if you're a man and you're talking to a lady? Is this
1: sexist or not? Um, I it's think
0: by asking... male, female, female, male. By
1: asking...
0: Male, male, it doesn't matter.
1: I think finding out what people do outside work is the most important question of all. Because if they've got family and they're looking after children, they will love that. I'm going to go controversial now. As a general rule, we men generally to two very safe topics don't we Derek being sport, oh. and business
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: and at the end of the day I would try and Rob I mean I will always ask a woman after I've done the icebreaker question what do you work at by the way everybody the late queen mother uh, introduced me to this question Rather than what do you do, and I use this an awful lot, you might like it. She used to ask this question at the ter- uh, the first part of the 20th century, when most women didn't work, they were uh, not didn't work, they were at home, uh, looking at housewives and mothers. And the question she asked was, "So what keeps you busy all day?" Mm. And that goes down really well, everybody. What keeps you? And you've got a myriad of answers for that. So uh, I love that one. There's a hand going up by Andrew.
0: Um, well, I'm going to finish the recording and then we'll go on to that, Will, because uh, our time's up for, uh, for the recording. Will Kintish is going to thank you very much. How do people get hold of you, Will, if they want to um, hear you speak or get some advice? I have a very, very
1: powerful website. You just type in Kintish on Google or in any other browser you use
0: and I'll be there waiting for you. Wilkins, thanks for joining us. Can I ask members of Monday Night Live to give Will the usual round of applause in the normal way? Thank you, everybody. Thank Thank you, Will. And we look forward to you joining us many times in the future.
1: Thank you.